Amen. I, I want you to turn your Bibles with me. Just turn over here real quick. I want to talk to the church today about something I think is conditions that uh, it'll be all the services today, and I'll preach all three. But Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 34. I'm going to read this. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 34. Amen. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 34. He spoke a parable unto them and said this. Now, if you have a red letter Bible, you're going to see this is red. These are words that Jesus himself spoke. I'm not suggesting uh, that we ought to have less effect from all of the words. But I am saying if Jesus said it, we ought to really pay attention to it. How many agree with that? He was the word and became flesh and dwelt among us. And if it's coming out of his mouth, I think it ought to be something we take special care to be aware of. Amen. And so this is something about, about involvement, something about commitment, something about relationship. And listen to what he says. He says, the ground of a rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? I mean, he's so bountiful that he doesn't have anywhere to put it. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull down all my barns and I'm going to build a bigger one. And in that place, I'm going to bestow all of my fruits and my goods. You see, I mean, a lot of us come to church and we start out, we're not, we're in that hierarchy of needs. I know that's not really a reality for the church, but let's just say that it is a natural reality. And we start out with food and we need, you know, just wellness. We need to live and eat and breathe and do all those things. But over time, we grow into, you know, values of ourselves and I found that to be true in the church. As we come into church, many of us come in desperate, destitute. Matter of fact, every one of us comes in here with no hope. Whether you believe that or not, the moment you walk through the door, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You started in that place. You started a sinner. And then you found Jesus. You started at, you know, I need to eat and breathe and live and, and, and I need to get that life in me, Jesus Christ. So you started at that place. But I've noticed as we continue to grow in God and continue to, to develop in the Lord, the Lord leads us, moves us, directs us, and helps us to find places. As Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 4 tells us this in, in verse 11, I believe it is. It says that he fitly joins us together. I want you to look at somebody and say, you were fit. God fitly joins us together. And we begin to search things out. We want more. We express the desire because God puts inside of us a desire to increase. And in that increasing desire to have more of God, we, we begin to find places like Family Worship Center. I thank God for Family Worship Center. We, don't, we have a different function than other churches. God didn't call us to function like the rest of the body. There are things that are the same, but our message is a faith message. We found a truth in, in believing God that he's good all the time and all the time God is good. We found a truth in what God has already done that we need to receive. We found a truth and that truth has become very real to us. You couldn't pluck me out of this message under any condition. I just couldn't go anywhere else and listen to somebody beat God down and talk about how God pushes you through messes and God makes all kinds of things happen to you. And God, I just, you just hear it all the time. And I could never go sit under that. Now, if I had to, I could, I could listen and put earplugs on as I, I listen now. I wouldn't just sit there and listen to that. I, I know a me I've got a message that's changed my life. And on top of that, he's given us supplements for that. Thank God there are other great ministries in the, in the, in the world that supplement this, this, this believing uh, that we have. 
There are ministers and preachers. We have books and tapes and things. I mean, we're not 100% in agreement with everything that everybody does, but we don't beat anybody down because they're doing the work for the Lord. I love all the churches that are preaching Jesus Christ. I'm particularly in love with Holy Ghost churches and greatly and more, even more in love with those who preach a faith message. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? I start off with, with getting saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and the message. And so I thank God for that. But on top of that, we have those supplements, people that build into our lives that we can read books and maybe connect with in some way that help us in what we already believe. But once God has established us and fitly joined us and connected us to a location and connected, to, connected us to a word like this, and we begin to see God bless our lives. A man called me just uh, Friday, and, or Thursday night he called me up and said, would you, would you come and pray over my house? I just built the house, I'm moving into this house, and I, they just gave me the papers I'm moving in. I didn't even know they were building a house. And so I just, Amy and I got in the car, went over to the house, and we, we went in to pray over their new home. And uh, they hadn't even moved in, had no furniture in the place. He just wanted us to come pray over the house. And so when we got in there, he began to tell us the story of how God miraculously blessed him in the COVID situation and blessed him financially and blessed him with all the down payment money and blessed him. I mean, he just kept going on. The story just kept getting bigger and bigger and how, the, how there was a house that was already being built and they got out of the house and he ended up getting the, the built-it foundation, all that stuff. And instead of paying a higher price for the house, they reduced the price of the house. I mean, and he got the house that should be in the, in the larger amounts of money for substantially lower and now he's going to walk into equity. He just began to kept telling me, he's, hey man, you can clap, that's amazing. He heard this word, he followed the path, he listened to what was said, he gave into the ministry, he sowed, he believed, he continued to do, and we watched how God delivered into his life. But here's the thing, as God begins to deliver into our lives, and the message works, and the word works in our life, and we begin to see it, we begin to see God, that equates to blessing, it equates to increase. And this man had that increase. He had the increase in his life. And here's what I want to say. I thank God for a church that teaches like this because if we bring you in and you have nothing, if when you walk through the door, all you have is the clothes on your back and you live in a box, we're going to love you. We're going to teach you the word. And I tell you, within a year, you won't be the same. Within five years, you won't be anything like what you were. And you won't be living in a box anymore. Not if you listen and obey the word because God's word will always work. I'm t- I walked in this house with him, and he opened the door. I said, did you win the lottery? Because that's how it feels. Amen. But this man in the Bible we just read about, he got goods and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tear down the old barns, and I'm going to build me bigger barns to store my goods. He went from being a needy person, I need Jesus, to now I'm self-aware. I'm self-assured. I'm self-influenced. I have self-awareness. And now it was about him. It became about him. How much more can I get? I'm not saying God doesn't want you to have more. I'm not suggesting that. I'm talking about where we move mentally and we forget about spiritually. And all of a sudden, we now have this desire to all of a sudden have self-improvement. Yeah. 
constant self-improvement, constant self-gathering, constant self-enlargement, and we miss the mission. We miss the fact, and many times people do this with the church that God connects them to, and he, 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 he hooks them up with and transforms their family, transforms their children, transforms their thinking. And then somewhere down the road, when something happens that's not exactly what we wanted it to be, we can no longer be transformed there. we got to leave. And I'm not saying anybody in here is doing this. It's not the point. I'm saying maybe we miss the point when God plants us somewhere, You know, if you've got a really, really good job, and you're making really, really good money, and God's really, really, really blessing you, you're not out trying to make an impact to find another job when you already have a good job. Nobody's shouting on that. If you're already blessed, and see, here's the problem. I'm I'm talking spiritually now. When God comes into your heart and you begin to receive this message... And God begins to bless you physically when you fail to realize that it was spiritual containment that made the difference in your physical containment. You become the person who's building more barns. Your church is no longer sufficient. Although God brought you to a faith message, maybe somebody teaches faith better than Family Worship Center. Maybe, maybe I need to pack up my books and go to the next event or the next conference or the next... Come on, I'm preaching real good now. And we begin to abandon what built inside of us. We also fail to realize that isn't the thing that built you. It's the the thing that is, is additional to what God already provided. God has provided you a great place. He's provided you a good church. Then he goes on to say this. Let's keep going. I want you to get this so you understand what I'm talking about. Because as we come into houses of God, we come into worship places that God blesses us, there are times that he moves us to messages that are more. If I went to a church where there was no Holy Ghost uh, discussion, they didn't preach on the Holy Ghost, and I had found that to be real, I couldn't stay there because I have to go somewhere, they teach about the Holy Ghost, amen, and they teach about the gifts of the Spirit, the moving of the Spirit. Not just that they have it in the back room and everybody there says, well, you know, we're kind of a something-something costal church. Well, I can tell you what a Pentecostal church is. It looks like the book of Acts chapter 2. If it doesn't look like Acts chapter 2, it's not really what the church was intended to be. Somebody, just go ahead, everybody in the room, say amen. In saying that, you have to understand where I'm coming from, what I'm trying to say to you. That, that, that we have times when that happens, but once God plants us someplace and we begin to see the flow of the word, we begin to see that, then we begin to want something in addition to that. We want to add barns. Let's go on here, it says. It goes on and says this. I'll pull down the old ones, bring up new ones, verse 19, and I'll say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods. You've laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose things shall these be? Somebody ought to shake their head. I've often said this, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Come on, somebody. I'm not telling you not to build a better house. I got a nice house. I have two and a half acres. I've got two dogs, five ducks. 
two rabbits, four chickens, snakes. <laughs> Not really. I just find them in my pool and stuff. <laughs> But that's not my focus. I haven't continued that as the single focus. I realize that that is nothing more than a tool. You have time, talent, resources, abilities, and finances. I want you to say this out loud. I have time, talents, resources, abilities, and finances. Every single one of those things is nothing more than a tool for your eternity. They're tools. Your time is a tool. Your time is a tool. Your resources are tools. Your abilities are tools that God gave you in the kingdom, gave you in your life, but for a focus, for a purpose. Yes, thank God for continued growth, but is that your focus? Have you become committed to that focus? Is that your identity? There's nothing wrong with having happiness involved with that. Happiness belongs to you. You ought to have that. But you are supposed to walk in joy more than you're to walk in happiness. Because if your soul's required of you, who gets it when it's done? What does it matter on that day? Who's finished? Who's, who did, what did you achieve on that moment? And Amber, I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I achieving what God wants me to achieve? Am I doing what God wants me to do? He goes on to say this. He says, so shall it be that you laid up treasures for yourself and you're not rich toward God. I want to tell you what rich toward God is so you understand this. What when God planted you at Family Worship Center, then the vision of this church and what he intended you to do here was already set up by him for you to be involved in. It's not something you, when God planted you and fitted you into it, would make a decision about. He planted you, and then where he planted you, he fits you, and you're fit together, and you grow in love. And everybody does the work that God called them to do. Many sit back and they don't understand. They were called to the work where God sent them. They were called to, to be imparting their, their time, talent, resources, abilities, and finances into the place God planted them, set them, and fit them at the time they were fitted. And where you are today, God planted you here, and he planted you with purpose. He planted you with a design. He planted you so that you were not just a fixture, but so that you would be effective, the church is the place to be effective, to take our time, talents, resources, abilities, and finances. Not just our finances. Not just our time. Not just our talents. But all of who we are, the tools he gave us, are to be used for his kingdom. It's not to be managed in a way that you only use what you want to use. Or do only what you want to do. Amen. The question is, is I don't know what I'm supposed to do. There's prayer meetings every day. Amen. How about 30 minutes of your day? Come on. Amen. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do for the Lord. I think I'm just supposed to sit home and watch TV. I got news for you. He planted you in the place for you to improve on your life. 
He planted you to come Thursday morning. When I came to Miss Shirley and talked about about doing prayer, she said, if this is what you need me to do, this is because this is the place she's fitted. Somebody come on. We're getting ready to do hallelujah night. Nobody's shouting hallelujah. Come on. I got a couple shouting hallelujah. That's not a time for you to go self-aware. That's not a time for you to decide my church is on a mission to win the lost, get people saved, touch children for Jesus. Wait a minute. I got to worry about me. What about my self-awareness? What about my? I mean, what about my? What about me? What about my situation? I mean, I need to be more aware. I need to get a bigger barn. Everybody got quiet. Has everybody got plans for, for hallelujah night? Everybody gone? Well, good, because I'm preaching to you until you keep yourself at home. Amen. Get rid of your plans and do the work of the yeah. ministry where God set yeah. you and called Amen. you to do it. Amen. Plant yourself in your local church. Yeah. Hook yourself up with your local ministry. You know it's coming. It's not a mystery. Christmas is coming. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'm going to sing this year. I got to go down to Alabama. They're having a family reunion. You catch the last day of family reunion. You're asking me how I can preach this. Therefore, I say to you, verse 22 says, and he said to his disciples, I say to you, take no thought of your life, what you'll eat or drink, neither your body, what you'll put on. Verse 23, life is more than meat. Life is more than drink. It's more than the body and ravens. He said, consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor they reap. They neither have storehouses nor barns, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than those fowls, which you know of, which uh, take no credit for their statue, one cubit? If you then being able to do the things which is least, let me say it again. If ye then be not able to do the thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say to you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will you be clothed, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye which you shall eat, and that which you should drink. Neither be you doubtful-minded, for all these things do the nations seek." But your father knows you have need of these things. Verse 31. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. I know you want to go seek it. I know you think if you go to the next uh, 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 conference and somehow there's going to be a word given to you. I just gave you the word. Amen. Here it is. Yes, Fear not, little flock. For if the Father's good pleasure, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
Sell that you have, give your alms, provide your bags which wax not old, and treasures in heaven that fail not, and thieves approach, and moths corrupt. In other words, don't put your commitment to natural things. I'm not saying you're not doing natural things. I'm saying don't make your commitment the natural things. Is it your heart or is it your head? For where your treasure is. There are days you preach and the room gets silent. We had good praise and worship and everybody was thinking when I got up here I was going to shout y'all to heaven. I am. I feel like we got into the COVID thing. We got connected to COVID. I gave my life to Jesus when I got saved. No doubt about it. When I went into the ministry, my full call, my full call was to serve in this church, to serve the people of Family Worship Center, to be a servant to the house. The disciples said that they decided to pray and to fast because they knew the word and the worship and prayer was more important. And they assigned people in the house to do things. They gave people authority and opportunity. They distributed the wealth of God within the house. When it gets to the point that your pastor's the one blowing off the parking lot at Family Worship Center, you blew it. When I'm doing the weed eating, and don't, don't, listen, I don't feel bad about it. I went out with a weed eater on Saturday. I weed eated that parking lot over there at the youth room. I sprayed the grass over there with weed killer. I went over there and took the blower and blowed off the parking lot. Because this is the house of God. And if you won't do it, but you ought to be ashamed. There ought to be a shame in this house that the man that's here to deliver the word for you has to do the labor among you because you built more barns. You're just doing so well and you're just so blessed and you're just so full and I just got to get to that next meeting Because that guy, who everybody on television paid for his stuff, he got a word for you. But he ain't going to be there for your funeral. And he ain't going to be there when you need marriage counseling. He ain't going to be there to lay hands on your kids. But the man out blowing off the parking lot Saturday, if you don't come to Hallelujah Night, I'll be there. I'll have all my pants. My kids will be there working. But you ought to be embarrassed that you have not taken on the calling of the ministry God called you to. You ought to be embarrassed that when we asked you to come pray for souls, he, he that winneth souls. I don't care how many Bible studies you go to. 
I don't care how many men's books you read. If you have not come to the point to understand the single most important aspect of a believer's life is that you win somebody for Jesus. And if the parking lot looks like a mess, if the paint in the building can't get done, if Hallelujah Night is about me and five staff members working, You got to come out of this COVID thing. You got to come out. You got to come out. Listen, you got to come out. If it's all about you and living in your house and you're afraid to do the ministry, do the work of the gospel, but rather seek first the kingdom. Ephesians 4 tells us, from whom the whole body was fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. A believer must become a steward of the kingdom. They have to become a steward of the house that they're in. They have to protect the house. Be loyal to the house. Be loyal to the pastor. Be loyal to the ministry. Pray for his wife. Pray for his marriage. Pray for his family. Pray where God connected you. You have responsibility. And it isn't about you. You have no problem for me praying for your family. No problem for me laying hands on your kids. No problem for me fasting for your marriages. But who fasted for mine? Who prayed about Amy and Steve? Oh, it's quiet now. It's, it's gotten silently quiet. I know why. Because if I really did a survey and we could put it down on paper, we'd find out you spent more time, not about the church and the place and the people that God connected you to and while you were there, about how much you could get, how much your blessing should be, what you ain't got in your house that you need, and my checkbook's got to get bigger. This is, this is one of the best messages I've preached in an entire year. Because if you don't understand why God blessed you, if you don't understand why God anointed you, why God gave you prosperity, why God has planted all that he's planted in you, you missed it. Not just we become self-esteem and self-actualized and self-improved and self-fulfilled. It's about what's going to happen in the ministry. How about you lay aside yours and give to his? I mean, I don't think it's too much to ask for people to, to practice for Christmas and to, to do drama and helping the youth and working the kids and usher in the building and help in the nurseries and help clean up the building. On Thursday, I came in and I cleaned the back room back there. Your pastor did. Your pastor came in. And his wife, we moved equipment, moved stuff, put, made sure the carpet was straight and looked nice and first class for our baptismal. Clean bathrooms. I have no problem doing that. You don't understand. When I'm done pastoring, I'm going to put on an orange vest, 
I'm going to go out in the street and I'm going to park cars. Then I'm going to leave the parking lot because time's going to come when I'm going to be done. And I'm going to come in here and whatever the pastor needs, if he needs me to mop, sweep, if he needs me to spray, if he needs me to, to hold books, if he needs me to run a camera, if he needs me to sing a song, I'm ready. I'm ready for all that. But until that day, I'm going to preach to you the truth of this thing, and it's not you constantly getting blessed. It's not about you being constantly blessed. You're already blessed. Your father knows what you have need of before you ask him. You don't have seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. The stuff will be added. People spend years of life trying to accumulate personal wealth, personal knowledge, personal information. He that winneth souls... At some point in your life, someone's going to tell you whether it's your last day, you know it, or whether somebody defines it for you and says, you've got two months left, you've got three years left. I have a feeling that three years left or two months left or two days left or two minutes left, you're going to wish. You're going to wish. You're going to sit back and think, there's one thing I, I've sat in the rooms of people who were dying of cancer. I've sat in there for the last two weeks or the last week when they could still talk. They'd sit me in the room and they'd look across the bed and they'd say, Pastor Steve, I tell you, if I could just do it all over again, I, I, I know I'm going to heaven. and I don't, I don't know that I told enough people about Jesus. I don't know that I filled enough people with God. I wish I could go back and give into the kingdom I wish I could, I wish I could, I wish I, I wish. Today's the day when I'm telling you, don't stand on that day and wish that you'd made other choices and different decisions and that you had done other things. Instead, focus in on where God planted you, focus where God put you, focus on what God called you to do and do those things. He called us to be a part of the work of the ministry. God's assignment, John 15, 16. You've not chosen me, but I chose you and ordained you that you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you'll ask the Father in my name, it'll be given. He ordained you to produce fruit. I'm going to finish with this. Every soul winner is on God's payroll. When we have opportunities... To do the methods of winning souls, not just getting smarter and not just having more theology and not just having more excitement and not just having more energy and not just because somebody had a good song service. But we understand that the purpose of our call is about winning the, the lost. And when your church gives you an opportunity like this one does, that's not a time to find something else to do. It's not a time to be uh, arranging yourself around it. For those of you online, it's time. Listen, you can go get a shot. You've probably had COVID. You're not going to die if you come to church. Come on. Come on. Come on back. We love you. I'm glad you're watching. I'm going to pray. I, listen, I'm not downing you or anything, but we need you. We need your body. We need you physically here. We need you to be a part. We need you. The church needs you. COVID shouldn't have brought us to a place where pastors clean buildings and blow off parking lots and mow the grass. Sometimes I do it just to help me because it's therapy for me sometimes. But golly, Lord, help us. 
that we get to the point that we understand when an opportunity for soul winning is provided that we, co- we, we condense our thinking into the soul winning. John 4, 36. He that reaps wages and gathers fruit unto eternal life, both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. John 4, 29. Come, the, 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 the word came and was revealed because they said, listen, it says, come see a man which told me all the things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? That was showing the revelation of people who would share Christ. If we go on, I could just go on and on. Jesus empowers us, Luke 23, 22, 35. And he said to them, when I sent you without purse and script and shoes, lacked you anything? And they said nothing. Listen, here's what I'm saying. The greatest thing that we get from a job that we work at is a paycheck. When Monday rolls around, when we go to the office, or when they mail us a check and put it in the bank, that's why I went to work. Our paycheck comes from God when we serve God, when we work for God, when we do for God, when we serve in the house of God. Our paycheck comes from God. Folks, don't neglect the place that God put in your heart, the place that God founded you in, the place that you are a filament or a part of that, where he joined you together. Don't leave that to naught when given an opportunity to sow souls into the kingdom. This is to everybody in the room. It's time for us to become, listen, I, I know that stewardship's not easy to take, and I know that it can be presented differently, and, and as we go through it and I start beginning to talk about how you can be financially blessed and all the blessings that come to your life, it still starts with what will you do? What will you do for Christ? What part of the ministry are you, are you fulfilling? And it's always the thing you want to do. I know everybody always does what they want to do, what they enjoy, what they get, what they get the most benefit from. Everybody has a call, so to speak. I mean, your greatest call, because you play the piano and you sing, this is where you're most comfortable. You love it. But that ain't your only call. That's why you do young adults. That's why you do other things, because this is a part of the call. It may be where you function and feel more comfortable, only because it's been done and you're more familiar with it. But that's not the end of it. For those of you who won't work a nursery, what's wrong with you? When all you want to do is, is do what you want to do, whatever makes you happy, when you can only fulfill the call that pleases you the most, what's wrong? When do we stop doing what the kingdom needed and only do what we needed? When are you going to stop building bigger barns for yourself? When will you build his barn? When will you decide it's not about you being behind the keyboard and singing? That's the only thing you can do. When does it matter about a person who needs you to watch their children in the nursery or help in a celebration room or wrap a present? When does that count? Anybody getting anything about what I'm talking about? Stop focusing on you. Stop building bigger barns. Brother G, was that decent preaching? He's over here shouting. He's amening. Pat me on the back, brother. You might be the only one in the room today patting me on the back. I want to pray over you before you go. I'm way late. We're going to start, for those of you who are watching, anybody that watches online that sees this, we're going to start the service five minutes late, give them time to readjust. Father, bless them as they go. Father, I know what I've said. Lord, is nothing more than a challenge. It's a challenge. Some will hear it. 
And Father, I pray, Lord, that those who hear it, those that, that have it in their heart, that make up their mind, God, it's about your church. God, we can reach our community. We can touch people for Jesus. But if this is the end, if it's just these people in this room and the few people that come to the next service, and Lord, we just limit ourselves to being self-happy, self-aware, self-assured, it's not the right plan. So Father, today, I thank you, Lord, that we're coming out of the houses back to the church. I thank you today that we're building in Sumter. I thank you today that we're increasing everywhere that we go. I thank you that Sumter and Georgetown and Columbia are growing. That, Lord, you're speaking to them. If they should hear this message today, let it inspire them to check themselves and say, God, I really, I really need to make sure my motives are right. Lord, that I'm helping the kingdom and helping the place you called me to. And that one more joy fest won't do it. Father, I ask you now in Jesus' name to touch their hearts and minds. Let them hear the love that's actually coming from their pastor this morning. Whatever it sounded like, it was supposed to be love. So, Father, I know that it's an image, a thing to inspire and encourage them to think the right way and move the right direction. Father, bless them. I know as they follow you, you will bless them. In Jesus' name.